and I know you've been involved in food businesses as well during your history. I know the first sort of three to four weeks of someone uh, new in that business is so critical to get right. So I think I think that buddy system is definitely um, a best in class uh, kind of thing to throw down, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. That you know, you don't want to just throw them in the deep end. Mm. And, you know, that that sink or swim. It's sort mm-hmm. of um, it it doesn't help the the employer or the employee. Welcome to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in again. This is an amazing episode. I've had a lot of people hit me up and ask me about HR and compliance and everything to do with that lately, basically, because all the news reports around that in our industry. So I've got Darren here from WorkIQ slash PerformHR. I've known him for a good amount of time. He's such a trustworthy character. I think you're going to get great information out of this for your business. Enjoy. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Amazing to have you guys on. Uh, fantastic to continue this series. I've, I've had a couple of people on now regarding HR and regarding uh, the the minefield that is awards and which is recruitment. So it's fantastic to have Darren Fogarty on. Head of Partnerships from Perform HR. Hey, Darren, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Sean, and yourself? I, I am fantastic. Thank you for asking me. No one ever asked me on this podcast, so <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, now, mate, it's, uh, it's great to have you on. We've known each other for a little bit of time now. Um, but did you just want to explain just simply, I suppose, what your business does in the marketplace at the moment, just to give people a bit of a synopsis? Okay. Um, we started just over 10 years ago and mm-hmm. the basis of the, the business was very much aimed in the, the SME market um, to, to cover what was a, you know, a, bit of a bit of a gap in that area where mm-hmm. sm- those small to medium-sized businesses didn't have um, an internal HR mm-hmm. or if they, had, if they did have an internal HR, it was very much... A, a generalist that was used to doing the, you know, day to day, they'd simply be recruitment and, you know, might answer a couple of queries here and here and there. Sure. It was, you know, it was to support those people in the, the more specialized area. Yep. Um, yeah. And really <laughs> where to go to get help if, if I, if I need it. Yeah. Um, Super hard. Eh? Yes. Mm. Uh, it was, yeah. And it was a bit of a, a niche market at the time and educating people um, around where to go and w- what to do to get that, that support. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, like I've owned uh, businesses before and, and I've obviously worked for brands in a, a, um, for, for over 20 years and a large majority of my time is involved in recruitment, right? Uh, recruiting yep. big teams. And, and I always get quite overwhelmed um, in how that changes so quickly and, and what kind of documentation that a person that you need for a new employee, like as a, as a business owner, what kind of tips can you give to make sure that that business owner gives everything they actually legally need to do uh, when they hire a new staff member? Oh yeah. Look, that's, it's becoming very complex and look, the, the main two parts to you know, any, any recruitment process, you know, the, the paperwork side of it's, the compliance, mm-hmm. so you know, you take into your your contract 
contract, your employment contract, making sure you're um, paying under the correct award. Mm-hmm. The fair work statement, that's one that's you know come in and last couple uh, of years, hasn't it? Really? Few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And then you've got to make sure that they've got the right to work in Australia as well. So mm-hmm. um, and that's really that that compliance part of the, the process. Mm-hmm. You've also then got you want to set them up for success and make sure that when you're doing the onboarding that, you know, you might, I know some companies set them up with, um, you know, a bit, a bit like a, a buddy system yep. where, you know, and it's not just the, the manager that they have access to, but to try mm-hmm. and, you know, show them what the, the business is like. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, they can go away for a, a coffee or, you know, it's it's really giving them someone of that equal standing that um, can help try and help them adjust into the business. Yeah, I find that first, um, and I know you've been involved in food businesses as well during your history. I know the first sort of three to four weeks of someone uh, new in that business is so critical to get right. So I think I think that buddy system is definitely um, a best in class uh, kind of thing to throw down, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. That you know, you don't want to just throw them in the deep end. Mm. And, you know, that that sink or swim. It's sort mm-hmm. of um, it's it doesn't help the the employer or the employee. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, you help. Know yes. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> that's all right. You can you can you can add well, in any commentary you need to a different. Yeah, standard. I was going to say it's really that training piece as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, like you say, that first three to four weeks. Mm. Um, they want to be be trained in the the right areas because that that really is that critical piece to the the success of whether they're going to be uh, you know fit into the business. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, just with obviously hospitality is is, is quite broad with different awards. So you've got yep, you've got fast food awards, you've got hospitality awards, you've got restaurant award, all these different awards. Now, how can you as an employer, how can you make sure how, as a sorry, as yeah, as an employer, how can you make sure that you're actually paying the correct award um, based on what actual business you run in hospitality? Yeah, and that that's that's really the the critical part of it in terms of you you really need to seek that professional advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be very clear around what your business does mm-hmm. um, and how you explain it. I was with a, a client the other day, and they were tossing up as to which you know they'd always paid under this particular award yes and you know they'd, they'd been given advice that they potentially should have been paying under another award right so, okay you know it, it, that that seek that professional advice is absolutely uh essential yeah because i mean yeah the consequences of paying under an in, incorrect award Mm-hmm. Besides your your back payment of of wages, or um, which also was super, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it gets <laughs> you know, depending upon the organisation, you know, that that then becomes brand damage as well. If it get, if it gets out to the the media, yeah, totally. Uh, well, I want to talk about that in a minute because that's really obviously a hot topic at the moment. Mm. I was just going to ask before I get into that, like. How can how can people listening to this podcast, if they are business owners, like how can they actually determine if they're getting the right advice? Do you think that's a do you think that's a referral thing? Is it is there a, like an industry body or anything like that? Like, 
how do they make sure they're getting the right advice for their business? Oh, look, there's a number of different channels to go through. You mm-hmm. know, you, you do have um, the obvious one is the the fair work, mm-hmm. uh, but then you've also got um, if it's part of a franchise system, then you know mm-hmm. you, that's obviously your, your head office is going to be able to supply that information. Yep. But if you're an independent or a you know a smaller operator, um, you know there's there's other channels out there such as you know, HR companies or mm-hmm. yeah that, that you can seek that advice from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, just going on what we talked about just then. Now, there's been numerous reports uh, in the media over the last probably two years about dramatic underpayment in the hospitality yeah. industry, unfortunately. And 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 the issue is at the moment that it's it's really taking over the whole concept of what this what the hospitality industry is about in a in a bad light, which is not the case. Now, no. How, did, how does that happen? How does it actually get to that point, Darren? Because yeah. we're talking in some cases of $10 million, $7 million in underpayment over a period of time. Like, How does it actually get to that point? Yeah, and look, you, you'd like to think that um, they're not, they don't certainly set out to be dodgy. Yes. You know, it's not, you know, there, there's, the, the, there's two, two ways. The one, there's, there's probably one or two out there that are um, systematically rotting the rotting mm-hmm. the system, for one of a yep. better term. Yep. Um, but that's you know that would certainly be in the minority, not the majority. Sure. You know, there's simply paying under the the incorrect award, which we spoke about before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they might be paying as a casual when they should be paying under part time. Yes. Um, or there's I think there was one or two in the retail industry earlier this year that self-reported mm-hmm. uh, without without naming the organisations. Yes. And it was administrative error. They yes. hadn't, simply hadn't updated their award in their internal systems. So, right. um, you know, like I say, that under that, they're not being, um, they're not deliberate. However, they should be seeking that advice or having those systems or, you know, on a more regular basis as opposed to, um, you know, the award changes annually. Yes. So if you're not seeking that advice on an annual basis or updating the systems or either internally or seeking that external advice, mm. particularly the larger organisations, they mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Do you- do you think as a small business owner, if I've got one or two two shops and I look at these big cases of yep. um, big brands who have, you know, arguably 60 or 70 in um, different different locations and, and they're falling into trouble either by bad systems and processes or or, or pushing to the limits of the award, like how do, how's a small business going to get it right, Darren? Like what do, you, what, do you, what do you think they need to do? Do you think, do you think it's setting the bedrock up first and, and making sure they reach out to, to people like yourself from performance, uh, perform HR, or do you think it's just making sure they have a great accountant? Like, yeah, it's probably, you know, there's, there's specific people you'd probably go to for different advice. You know, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't go to an accountant to, for award information. Same as sure. you come to a HR company for 
Texan bus. Yes. You could do my tax if you like, Darren, but uh, I don't know if I trust you. <laughs> don't even like to do my own. <laughs> you know, it's that, that old adage, you know, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly um, right. But yeah, so there are there are more options probably now to seek that advice and and get it in a more economical um, sense for a small business owner, you know, mm-hmm. probably traditionally you'd used to go to a, um, an ER lawyer, you know, they're yep. charged by the, the, potentially by the 10 minute uh, yes. phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are a few, you know, and I'll say, we'll throw perform HR out there. But we mm-hmm. can take of course. Mm-hmm. On a more, um, you know, on a more reasonable rate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the thing is that you're right where those large organizations that have access to those massive resources, um, you wonder how they, how they still get it, um, get it wrong, get Mm -hmm. it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, when you, um, when you look at a business, when you, when you start working with them either before, um, uh, before, uh, let's say they're a new business or let's say they're, they're growing and they're existing. Yep. Like, do you, do you have a, a sort of bullet point auditing process that you guys go through that you could sort of talk to? Yeah, look, there's there's a what we call probably a health check. Okay. In terms of that. Um, and that's, you know, seeking out your your key, I suppose, because you want to start at the base. Make sure you've got the, the right systems and processes in place, mm-hmm. um, that they are paid under the, the right award, mm-hmm. um, that what is existing within their you know, position description in their their contracts uh, yep. consistent with what they're doing. Um, so it's really taking that that step back and going, yeah, all right, look, we've got all the the um, the right things in place from the the base, and then where do we go from? You know, then where do we go from there? Mm-hmm. Uh, then look at, but it's it's very important to make sure you've got those systems and processes in in place first up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's definitely just so critical. Like it's, I'm very much a big believer with with my consultancy that you you look at the bedrock first, and you make sure you do the simple practices that you do all the time well and correctly, and Ooh. um and and making sure that you're paying people right is the first thing. So, um, yeah. it's the most important thing. And that's um, it. And look, mm. as, a, as a business owner, you know, you want to be doing what you're good at, well, what you went into business for in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's um, hospitality or professional services or, you know, making widgets, whatever whatever it is, that's where you want to be spending your time, working yeah. on the business, not mm-hmm. not dealing with, um, you know, I suppose the the issues that might arise if, if you don't have those systems and processes in place in the first place. Yeah. So let's, um, let's talk about that for a minute because I'm, let's say I'm a business owner listening to this podcast and I listen to it and I, I feel a bit worried and... So I go through and I, I look at um, I look at all my staff payments over the last twelve months or or whatnot, yep. and I think I've I'm pretty sure that I've underpaid my staff, but because of um, because of all the media exposure to this at the moment, I'm extremely worried because um, because I don't want exposure for my brand and I wasn't definitely you know trying to do the wrong thing. It was just. Um, it was just, you know, minimal amounts of money that were underpaid over a period of time. Like what, what do you think the, 
what do you think that person should do in that situation, Darren? Oh, look, the the first thing is seek that professional advice. Mm-hmm. You know that that's um, you can then re, um, get someone to review that over that last twelve months, mm-hmm. um, compare it against um, you know their their contracts and uh, what the award they should be paying under. Mm-hmm. But certainly, yeah, certainly get that advice and, and get that that review done. Mm-hmm. You you want you the longer you sit on that, yeah, the worse it's going to get. Right, the worse. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and the mm. less sleep you'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not going to go away. That's the biggest thing. No, you, mm. you want to address it as as soon as possible because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the the consequences are are certainly more damaging mm-hmm. than. You know, then, uh, then the underpayment, yeah, or potential underpayment, potential underpayment, yeah, correct, yeah. alleged, <laughs> alleged, right? <laughs> we like that word, alleged is good. <laughs> um, um, now, STP or single touch payroll has come into Australia uh, this this financial year. Yeah. Um, do you want to just explain just simply what the main changes? Um, it is it's it's done to payroll since that has actually started in July one. Yeah, um, yeah, and look again, you know, we as as a HR company we we deal with a little bit of around that mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know, the again those processes contracts um, position descriptions etc. Mm-hmm. So you know we we try and leave the more the the more in depth stuff in-depth stuff around payroll to the, the professionals. We, we partner with a few different people. Yep. But certainly, you know, there was a number of various reasons why that, that came into, into play from, um, from the government. You know, mm-hmm. there was certainly um, the compliance issues and there was certainly, uh, I think, under, um, you know, companies that had not been um, paying super or mm-hmm. had gone gone under without having um, oh without paying super to their staff without paying yep. super to their staff mm. I think that you know, probably certainly one of the higher up areas of um, why that you know, why STP came in mm-hmm. uh, there was quite a broad number but that that's probably the the the, um, the nuts and bolts of it yes mm-hmm. yes. Is there any way that um, a business can make sure they are compliant with STP, or is it is it pretty much solid now that most people would be in that process as we sort of roll into November twenty nineteen? No, I, I think you can. I think there's still a again. I'd, I'd say just seek that professional advice. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you think it's a It'd be a positive change for the industry as a whole, wouldn't it? I mean, I know a lot of uh, probably a lot of hospitality owners would have been pushing for, especially superannuation payments, to be longer put out. But yeah. it, do you think it's a it's actually a better in, uh, it's a better thing for businesses in the long haul because you it may affect your cash flow differently, but yeah. at least you sort of know where you're at and you don't have this liability that's sitting there for sort of that's six or twelve months. That's right. It's sort mm-hmm. of um, you know, as a, as a small business owner, you can sort of um, have that cash put away, but something might come up, so you tap into it. Sure. Um, but yeah, look, it, certainly it should should be an easier burden on cash flow when you're paying 
smaller amounts mm-hmm. on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Darren, I know that the hospitality industry, much like the retail industry, has a lot of casual staff. Now, we have uh, yeah. with the hospitality industry, we've got a blend of full-time, part-time, and casual staff. But with some of the hospitality business I deal with, are upwards of sort of 50 to 60% casual staff. Yep. How have the changes that the hosp- uh, the government has made, I should say, over the last period of time actually changed the way people should think about casuals in their business? Look, that's a, that's a good question because you, you, know, you want, I think we mentioned previously around the, um, you know, the two biggest costs to any, any business are your cogs and your labour. Yep, for sure. Um, and with that labour component, you know, there's a whole series around you want to be making sure that, you know, it's as efficient as possible and as low cost as possible. Mm-hmm. But you also have that compliance piece where it's around, um, you know, <laughs> you, want, you want to be making sure that you're not paying casuals that are working at part-time or vice versa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, you, that's where you need to seek that that advice mm-hmm. and make sure that everything is is actually compliant. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a hard one, isn't it? Because I remember when I sort of grew up in the industry, right? And and this is sort of the late nineties. Yeah. And casual employment used to be such a massive thing in our industry. It would have been probably probably unless you're a manager you would have been either full-time, you would have been full-time and then you would have been casual. So part-time really didn't yes. really even exist, right? Yeah. And I feel like it was a way of business owners at that period of time really managing staff who they felt would not stay for a period of time more than probably nine or 12 months. Yeah. Um, and they sort of wanted to pay their loadings and, and not have that uh, liability um, there at the back end. But, I've, I don't know about you, but I've kind of changed my tune in how the part-time workforce could be used in the hospitality industry a bit more because I'm sure you hear from the different industries that you deal with, Darren, but especially in hospitality, um, the churn rate of staff is just immense, right? Yeah. And and I I feel like part-time uh, part-timers, if if the industry was able to hire more part-timers with more flexible arrangements um, around hours and that kind of stuff, as long as you had consistency, I think you'd actually get less staff turnover because they would know that they're going to get a regular amount of hours and they would get entitlement to sick leave pro rata and annual leave pro rata. Like, are you seeing any shift in the industry yourself? Yeah, look, there there probably has been a shift and... Mm -hmm. There's, there's probably been a shift because of a lot of the different, um, I suppose, service providers that have come into the market over, you know, that last five, ten, five, ten years, you know, mm-hmm. particularly in the, the, the food delivery. Yes, looking, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're looking at that, you know, the, the gig economy, for want of a better term. Um, you know, and there's even been... You know, in the news over the last probably six to 12 months about the difference, not only between casual and part-time, but also contractors and how, yes. um, and the, the difference between the, you know, what, what's actually an employee and what's a, a contractor. contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, 
again, you know, there's another complexity within the within that marketplace that probably didn't exist five years ago. Mm-hmm. So again, that comes back to that um, you know, making sure that you are seeking that professional advice that can you know, give you comfort that you are paying correctly. Yes. And then how that, again, then you've got to determine how that those payments fit into your, um, to make sure you're making your margins. Yeah. I think um, uh, even, I, I know we have a lot of American listeners, which is a great thing too. And I know that the, the sort of contractors over in America regards with Uber and, and, and they're trying, different states are, are dictating almost different awards that they'll now be paid and that kind of thing. So it is, it is going to change everywhere. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think with something as unfortunately complex, but so important to get right as HR and payroll, you really need to have good people on your side in order to give you the right the right information, right? Because well, it's, it's like having a good accountant or a book, good, good bookkeeper. They're like worth their weight in gold, Darren. Well, it is. You know, when, when you've set up a business traditionally, the first person you go to your accountant is your trusted advisor. Yep. Um, you then go to your solicitor, make sure that all your legal documentation is in place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then really, from a people point of view, you mm-hmm. really then should be going to your, you know, your, making sure that your your HR side of it is all in place to to set you up for, set the business up for success. Sure. Um, yeah, they are becoming more more critical because the last thing you want is anything to affect your your brand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's you know, as as a business owner, you have two main headaches. One is your one is your finance. Yes. And second is your people. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so you really need your finance around your people, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, that, it's that old eighty twenty rule. You don't want to be spending eighty percent of your time on twenty percent of your business. You want to be yeah, growing exactly your business. Right. You, you want you want comfort that you can, um, yeah, time on on the uh, the growth of the business, and you as opposed to um, yeah, what, what you should have already had in place in the first in the first instance. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Darren, before you go, I want to just chat. I want to understand a bit more just for listeners about what you guys actually do for your clients. So people listening to this, if they want to reach out, they can actually, um, yeah, just understand what value you can actually offer. So what what do you think you're offering the hospitality industry right now? Um, it's it's very much making sure that you you do have those. It's it's compliance. First yep. up, it's compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving that comfort that you you are paying your staff correctly mm-hmm. and under and under the right award. Mm-hmm. Um, it's having those um, contracts and um, position descriptions in in place. It's really setting up that foundation for for success in the business. Mm-hmm. Um. And is it payroll as well? Do you guys, um, can you we, capture their payroll and actually pay their staff as well? We don't do the payroll side of it. Mm-hmm. We, we have um, businesses that we can recommend and partner. We actually partner with a couple. Yeah, that, nice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. we go, all right, look, depending upon the, the size of the business and we'll recommend a particular organisation, like I say, depending upon the size and who they feel would, potentially feel most comfortable with yes um yeah so we, we do have a couple of partners in that that respect 
Amazing. Well, that's always a good thing. And I know that your business is a family business, so it, um, it has a lot of value and it has a lot of heart. And, and that's why, you know, I wanted to get you on and invite you on the show. So it's been awesome. Um, yeah. Darren, what's the, what's the best way that people can reach out to you and, and, uh, and talk further about what you guys do at Perform HR? Yeah, look, happy to reach out to um, performhr.com.au mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, ask, ask for me. I'm happy to talk to, <laughs> talk to any, any, anyone to uh, you know, make sure that you do have those foundations in place. Fantastic. Um, Darren from Perform HR, thank you so much for your time. Link is in the bio so everyone can reach out to you. Cheers, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. That's great. Thanks very much, Sean. Cheers. Cheers.